What up, yo? Happy New Year. All same to you. I'm imagining the 12 months before us being peace and tranquility. Yeah. That's that's hopeful, but delusional, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more of a realist. Underwater, peaceful and tranquil. Okay, take that. Brando, diving to tranquility today. It's a little story about learning to scuba dive for the not-so-young. This was written by a gentleman by the name of A.G. Clark. A.G. Clark. Okay. He's from jolly old England. Okay. And uh, this story was published in 1964, brought over to Skin Diver magazine. And it's a great little story about seeing life below the surface for the very first time and being welcomed into the underwater world, learning firsthand the value of good instruction, good community, understanding how dangerous things can be at, at certain times and being in shape. And being ready for the unexpected. It's, it's kind of a lot of what we talk about on Great Dive Podcast all these years. And uh, he was telling this to the people in 1964. Oh, good deal. Well, kind, kind of a perspective of, of him learning scuba on holiday over in Mallorca, Spain. Him and a couple of blokes. <laughs> Here we go. But I think uh, the people will identify with a lot of the points that we hit along this. And I think you and I can identify from from our past as well. Now that I am in my mid-40s. True. There was a time I I never even thought I was going to make it to my mid-40s. Well, I think you looked at mid-40-year-olds and said, what a bunch of old coots. (laughs) It's almost word for word what I said. Yes, but now you're starting to uh, appreciate (laughs) what it means to be, to get into your, yes, an old coot. You know, that that live fast, die young, leave a pretty corpse lifestyle that I lived, you know, through my 20s. Now, you know, when I didn't go over the edge, I'm here. I'm here to (laughs) tell the story. You lived through all your... uh misgivings yeah i look back at all the times i'm i i should have been really dead or at least maimed and uh and i never thought i'd make it past 30 either and um now that i'm way past 30 i kind of wish i didn't make it to 30 you know it's it, it's hurtful some days <laughs> it is some, some mornings are very hurtful yeah yeah oh well but it's still fun it's still fun i'm still having a good time because you are in your 40s, or for that matter, even in your 50s. Dare say it, your 50s. <laughs> Do people live that long anymore? <laughs> I know. Back then, did they live that long? Providing you are interested in diving and would like to have a go, 
don't, for goodness sake, let age stand in your way. The not-so-young brigade must not stand by while others take the plunge. Recently, old A.G. Clark tells us, I addressed the members of a large rotary club on the subject of scuba diving for the not-so-young. I chose the title with some purpose, for although I would not by any stretch of the imagination pose as an expert on diving, nevertheless, at 53 years old, no one can quarrel with the fact that I have the age qualification to speak on the not-so-young aspect of a subject I know lots about. But this, this was good, right? He's, he's young in the scuba life. And excited and impressionable and ready to share it with everybody. He says, my audience in the main was composed of business and professional men. And they listened with rapt attention, not only because scuba diving is always an exciting and topical talking point, but more so, I'm sure, because they were amazed that someone very much in their own age group should actually be capable of taking an active part in a thrilling sport which they had previously considered belonged exclusively to adventurous youth. The message I emphasized was that diving is an activity which can safely be undertaken by the middle-aged, providing they are reasonably sound and fit and will observe strictly to the excellent set of rules laid down by the British Sub-Aqua Club. Indeed, subject to these conditions, those who have left the golden span of youth far behind can not only obtain considerable enjoyment and physical benefit from the sport, but they will find it brings to them a mental relaxation unsurpassed by other forms of recreation or endeavor. I'd agree with that. Yeah, and, and it's, I tell you, this, this article's easy to read. It just flows from the tip of my tongue. It, it's so eloquently <laughs> written in the Queen's English. Well, you got to hand it to the Brits for eloquent speech. They do a, a, a fine job of that. By Jove, the modern way of life has brought with it an increasing tempo. I don't think enough emphasis is placed on the uh, the appreciation for speaking eloquently. You know, especially in school here in the in the states, for sure. You can speak well, like a yeah. goddamn moron, and uh, you'll be promoted, and <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be in managerial positions or. Uh, you know, I go back and forth. Yeah. Part of me, part of me looks at, at it, and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to hear more people know how to speak clearly, intelligently, mm-hmm. actually think before they open their mouths, and, and, and talk in a nice professional way. Well, you used that word professional. I just think in a respectful way. And it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and now at the same time... I, I look at it, and uh, it, it's 2022. Like, do we really need censorship on swear words? True, true. It all For depends on the context. Loud. It all depends on the context. If you have kids, you'd have Let's a different view. Up. You'd have a different view if you have kids. I promise you. 
I would agree with you if that same parent wasn't using the exact goddamn word five minutes ago well, while he was in the other room. Hold on, though. Hold on. There's one thing for an adult to cuss, swear, whatever. Use use foul language, and you can use it eloquently, even, and and you know what you're using it for. It's another thing for a child to hear it and use it in a disrespectful manner. And then then all of a sudden, and people there, oh, you want respect from your kids? They're human beings. If you have children, you, you would think differently, I promise you. The world is the way it is. It's shit parts, especially, because we haven't required it of children, because we've let them kind of go. You'll see if you... If you, you ever I, had, I get, yeah, no, yeah. I get what you're saying. I, get I see both saying. ways, and I do... I, 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 uh, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. and, and I think... Um, that is part of what I mean. Of, yeah. of that's the the both sides that I see. Is yeah, explaining yeah. to the children what a swear word is okay. and why it's not used in some discussion is different than living in you know 1950 dream world where right. the words don't exist. Right, and try to hide from it. I'd agree. That, Still, that, like, yeah. come on, give me a break. It's 2022. It all depends. There, there's too much, too much accessible. To, you know, when we, you go down a slippery slope here, because right now a child can get on the on the fucking computer, their phones. They're you know, few. They're five years old with phones and computers and access to to things that they don't quite understand. And not only quite understand, they don't understand at all, and they adopt a different view that kind of is like fuck you to everybody. You know, you know how people are when they, well, I, I was that way. Give me a break. You know everything. You think you know everything. You know more than the people that have been around for decades. And then you yeah, get yourself in a I'm, lot of trouble. That's why I'm reading the story, <laughs> not you. Exactly. Damn it, I know everything. You do. <laughs> As you get older, you realize you don't know, you know, I know less now than I ever did. And at the same time, I know more than I've ever did. In other words, I've realized I'm a... I don't know fucking shit. None of us do. Right. At the end of the day, I agree yeah. with Yeah. Anyway, not to go too I far agree. off track there, but uh, appreciation for the uh, eloquence of the British is all I was getting at. The modern way of life has brought with it an ever-increasing tempo, a speeding up of the wind of changes. Oh, he has no fucking idea what's in store for oh. him, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Almost endless noise and bustle. But above all, it has brought many doubts and uncertainties regarding the present and the future. Here, if I could warn him now, just turn turn around and go back. <laughs> Run away. <laughs> right. This was him in, uh, well, he's what, 53 and 64. Right. The winds have changed, my friend. The winds have changed indeed, old chappy A.G. Clark. He says, why not get away from it all? Subjugation of the workaday world can be so easily achieved for a while by those who join a diving club and engage in its activities. When you dive into that strange and silent realm beneath the waves, gliding along in a weightless state with three-dimensional movements at your command, a feeling of tranquility quickly steals over you so that the cares and troubles of the world above fade. And indeed, they should, for you have actually escaped into another kingdom where birds have transformed into brightly colored fish 
and the trees have turned into beautiful marine plants that sway in unison with the tide. The only sounds to be heard are those made by your own air bubbles as they race like silver balls to the surface. Moving along below the water's surface, the diver floats effortlessly on a soft, liquid cushion at perfect harmony with himself and his surroundings. There are so many new objects to catch the diver's eye and interest him. His thoughts are drawn away inexorably from the troubles and worries of the world above. Eventually, when he surfaces, he may feel a little tired physically, but his mind has been rested and refreshed, and he is better equipped to take his place in the world again and play his due part into full effect. Now that, I think, sums up beautifully how so many people, when they first learn to dive, like walk away from some of those first dives that they make. Yeah, it's all a, it's a new world, man, and it's pretty amazing. I remember my first time putting my head underwater and breathing. It was amazing, and it wasn't in a pool. I mean, it was in the Mediterranean, a little far farther away than where he's at currently for this uh, this article. But yeah, it was beautiful, and the med was different back in the '60s than when I went in it. So yeah, it's a whole new world. Uh, this is where he is is in the med. Yeah, yeah. But it was really alive back then. It was, uh, wasn't quite as fished out and, and dead as when I was in it. Right. And again, this is what I mean when for someone whose first experience underwater is with their own eyeballs. Yeah. Right. Versus today, so many people have already watched a thousand Video. you know, uh, videos on YouTube already. So they're they're already knowing what they're expecting. They're researching what they're expecting. They're excited for it. So they're like on dopamine rush, video after video after video after video after video, you know, getting them ready for that first time that they themselves go. Compared to in the 60s when you, you just, you might have gotten your hands on a magazine with a black and white photo yeah. in it, right? But to, to really be there with your own eyes in the real life, of seeing that, I like how he describes it as a brand new kingdom. Mm-hmm. I, I like how he addresses Brando, you know, that rat race world yeah. that so many people, you know, are, are stuck in. You know, the, what he calls the work, uh, work a day, work a day world. Mm-hmm. That rat race life of just, it's bad over here in the States. At least over there in Europe, they, they celebrate you <laughs> taking time off. Yeah, we are not uh, like not like America where it's frowned upon. Is, yeah, this a country built on indentured servitude and uh, we're 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 thrilled if we get 2 weeks off as a, as a, in a year. Yeah, we are I mean we are the hardest working fucking place on the planet. Everybody works a lot. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's not a terrible thing. No, I all, all of my conversations sound like I'm an old old man. But as you get older, you learn to appreciate work and learn to, especially me, I've been out of the workforce for a long time, The what you would call the work-a-day workforce, and you miss it when it's not there. Anyway. And I think what he's, what he's talking to specifically are those people that are, they found themselves in their mid-50s. And they've been work-a-daying, work-a-daying, you know, <laughs> five, yeah. six, seven days a week for 
you know, their whole life to provide for themselves, their their family, you know, wife and kid and house and keeping up with the Joneses and, you know, all that stuff that still exists today. And then finally something cracks, you know, you're, you're 50 years old, you're standing shaving in the, the bathroom mirror and you're like, who who is this gray-haired, out-of-shape, angry man are you talking I about remember, me? I remember. James? <laughs> no, no, the, no. The way you say that and the way you're looking at me, I'm like, wait a I'm minute. I'm talking about, <laughs> talking about that work-a-day fictional character that's looking at himself. Yeah. He, he remembers himself as a wee, wee nip of a youth. <laughs> well, everybody's going to do that as they get older, hopefully. Hopefully they have that ability. Look in the mirror and go, what happened? Or at least what say, happened? it was a good life. It's called life, man. It's called time moving in one direction. It's called, you know, this is, you don't get to escape this <laughs> if you're going to be on this planet conscious. You don't get to escape that looking in the mirror going, what happened to it all? It goes quick. And that's kind of a good thing. I don't know. But yeah, that workaday world, you get to escape it underwater. That, and that is part of the draw as you get older, for sure. Being underwater... I- is a perfect place for learning about yourself. Yeah, self-reflection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking to yourself, you know. <laughs> I do that topside too. And <laughs> uh, yeah, being, being, I mean, there's a place where you have to be in your own mind. Yeah. And you have to learn to communicate outside of just verbal. You know, True. It's a, it, it forces you to become a better person. Well. A more in tune and, and self-aware person, I believe. Yeah, it does. It does. It requires that. But I think the benefits as far as, uh, quote unquote, getting away from the workday world, the benefits now are tenfold or a hundredfold because social media, your silly ass phones, uh, the computer, internet, all that gives 24-7 access to you working or inter, you know, just the noise of daily living is is super loud because of those devices and that lifestyle we have now where everybody's constantly talking. It's constant noise, you know? Well, yeah, that's why you, you listen to anybody nowadays. They're going to tell you that there's so much value in taking some time for daily self-reflection, yeah. uh, meditation, mindfulness, because you got to quiet all that shit out of your life somehow. And underwater, although they're, you know, for decades now, they've been working really, really, really hard at marketing more and more technology to bring with us underwater. That's what I, you know, like most about, you know, the way I approach a dive is my ability to self-reflect underwater and not sit there relying on all that technology. Right. Being self-aware, understanding my body, learning to read my body. Yeah, I'd agree. That's uh, underwater will do that for you. And, you know, try trying to shut down the, the, the movement to bring the internet underwater right now. Your phones Ugh. and your, the ability to be contacted while you're down there. I mean, let's just stop that. Let's, let's throw that out the window. I, I know you can say, well, you don't have to bring it with you, but your partners will bring that shit with you. And you're, it'll be just like here where you're talking and they got their fucking Ugh. phone in front of their face, right? You think texting and driving is bad? <laughs> texting and diving is going to be, 
yeah, just keep it up here. It's, you know, even full face masks. I used to have full face masks with comms and everything. And I chuck that shit out. I said, I said, no more. I don't want to hear you goddamn yapping under there. That's some crab, like a crabby old man. Of course it does. <laughs> I do. But as you get older, you get a little hypersensitive to it. Maybe stop the incessant yapping. Oh, speaking oh, oh, of, hang on, hang on. <laughs> oh, is it a, is it a Instagram post that you're getting notified? Of? Somebody liked hang my on. my post of uh, my meme. <laughs> wait, wait, what were you saying? <laughs> yeah, could you imagine um, when we get to the point where you got you get you got two new divers, you know, single tanks cruising around Grand Cayman. Approaching their computer's no decompression limit. All of a sudden, ding! (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, my wife wants to know what we're doing. (laughs) Dude, we got to go. Hang on, hang on. You're almost out of air. Hang on, I got to text. I got to text her back. (laughs) Yeah. He says, but do not let me be guilty of oversimplifying the picture. To the impulsive middle-ager who might be tempted to sample the serene and tranquil delights of King Neptune's realm too soon, let me utter a word of warning. He says, please start your diving activities the safe way. And by that, I mean make your first step enrollment in a diver training class. It is a pity to become a victim to the many pitfalls that exist merely by failing to follow the right technique. Wise words for back in the day. Right. You know, it it was a time where you could walk into any sporting goods store that sold scuba equipment and buy gear and a manual and self-educate. And then we went hyperly focused the other way for a very long time with the the growth of training agencies but now with youtube and internet stores you know we're kind of in a way back at this very spot again you know just like we had the discussion a couple of weeks ago about the the father son that bought all the cave diving gear and made a uh very last dive into eagle's nest on christmas morning you know yeah and i don't think you could walk into any sporting store back then sporting goods store but well yeah, that's what I mean. sporting goods store that sold that sold gear, gear which i think was a lot yeah. more rare than than one might you know think in their heads you got to remember it was not this uh scuba world where you have a dive you know a dive shop like in kansas like we do now you have you know iowa kansas nebraska landlocked <laughs> places that have enough interest in scuba diving uh to support an, an actual dive shop, you know, somebody making a living and supporting a family and or life, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I just the the I think you're right. It has actually been uh, amplified with the internet, with the ability to just learn on a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So now, and of course, you can just go on Amazon and buy fucking scuba gear exactly yeah e- and, eBay. Uh, you could go to and scuba instruction manuals right right well you don't even need a manual it's it's all video wise you know <laughs> yeah you know but 
But I think people are, I don't think many people do that. I don't, I don't think as many people do that now as, as back then, even though it's more readily available as far as getting quote unquote certified. But I think people do go in there and, and try to learn more, you know, how to go further, longer, deeper kind of thing via YouTube. Oh yeah, for sure. I see it almost on a daily basis. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, even when they bring in <laughs> gear and <laughs> can you service this? And you're like, what do you, you, you know, they're, they're like brand new divers with freaking twins and, or breathers. They're people who can freaking get a breather and move on from there. I haven't mastered the basics. He says, don't whatever you do start as I did went on holidays in Palma, Mallorca a few years ago. One evening, my attention was drawn to a poster advertising scuba and slide diving. The next morning found me at the dockside, eagerly joining a party of some half dozen other enthusiasts, plus a Spaniard who was in charge of the expedition. We embarked into a motorboat and sailed along the coast for about half an hour until we arrived at a small sandy bay where the boat was anchored in four or five feet of water. Now, he's saying scuba and slide diving, Brandon. I think he means, you know, like those tow boards, I think is what we've always called them growing up here. Okay. And, and, but you, know, he's, the, you know, the little board, yeah. like the aqua planer right. that you could hold on right. to with just uh, breath holding and like tilt it down and it would dive Take you, you down, down to the right. bottom and mm-hmm. tilt it up and it'd float you back to the surface. You'd grab a breath. And... Or it was towed behind a boat, you know. Well, yeah, 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 behind, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it I'm is towed behind yeah. a boat. Almost like an underwater water ski. Exactly, exactly. You can yeah. still buy them today for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, they've become a little fancier, and I've seen I've seen some really nice ones. Actually, you could take you know people use for scuba diving for covering long long distances underwater. You know. Yes. Yeah. They would. Uh, they, they would do this a lot to scout out for lobster. Right. Right, they would waterboard, right. or not waterboard, but they would do that towboard, aquaboard, until they saw something let go. and sh- Yeah. Use that as like, okay, we're going to do some uh, diving here for the lobster. And Yeah, I know it was popular. You'd hear about it, you know, people doing it out in the river. Right. In St. Clair. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Out there. You know, I haven't heard anybody doing it in a while, but it used to be a, a common thing that I would hear about. Well, it was in a, you know, speaking of... The Mediterranean in Mallorca, I think a uh, James Bond movie. Um, Roger Moore was the James Bond, and uh, long black hair girl was this chick. Anyway, they were scuba. They were on scuba on those little underwater planers going through the Mediterranean uh, off the back of a boat. I think it was for your eyes only. They were using that. Yeah, Roger Moore was James Bond. You know what else is for your eyes only, Brando? These. Pin of clams that uh, we're going to bring up and have for a little post-dive snack. <laughs> okay. Delish. He says, our Spanish tutor now told us how to don the equipment. A task which was not made very easy because of his scant command of the English language. However. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, senor, he put the, uh, 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 oh, I... I I I bought senior see oh yes. However, he says we managed eventually by a considerable amount of mutual help. Then the great moment arrived. 
Standing in the water, we gingerly lowered our heads beneath the surface. When all seemed well, we gained confidence and swam around, pleasantly surprised to find diving a much less complex activity than we had at first imagined. After some five or ten minutes of practice in the shallow water, the Spaniard decided our training was complete. So we climbed on board again and took off the equipment. The anchor was raised and we sailed further along the coast. In crystal clear water that was about 25 feet deep, our boat came to rest once more. Stimulated by the success of our short training period, we were all eager to be in the sea. Putting on our equipment as quickly as possible, we were soon over the side and into the veritable fairyland down under. So some things haven't changed very much, you know. A quickie class, get him in the water. Right. And in reality, I, I agree with what he says about, you know, it's, well, it is in a way, in many ways, it is far less complex than you would imagine to learn how to scuba dive. But at the same time, to really understand what you're doing is highly technically complex. You know, if you really want to do it well and, and know what you're doing, it's so easy to, to let the technology take you down and bring you back. And I think that's an issue that you and I come back to is that's what, as, you know, marketers and as an industry, they want so that everybody in the world can scuba dive, make this as least complex as possible so that the technology does it all so mm. every pair of eyeballs can see the underwater world and pay us money. But then you have what you have that we've been talking about that's given us fodder for five years of <laughs> Great Dive podcast shows is that's what you end up seeing out on the reef. Right. Because those those divers then later on and they go, oh, this is super easy. What's yeah. another 50 feet of depth? Right, right. Oh, I'll just bring right, some more then, gas. I'll just get some t twins, you know. When it's so easy to get finished i mean here he is in a couple of minutes of instruction he gets the pat on the back goes ah oh, you didn't spit it out nearly drowned and <laughs> you know just rushed to the surface you know choking and gagging you're certified right you lived you know it, you get the card and, and then you yeah you get the pat on the back you get the handshake you get the certification that easily well of course you're going to have a a sense of accomplishment an ability that's far beyond what your actual knowledge and ability is. That's the dangerous part in my mind. Yeah, that overconfidence, unjustifiable overconfidence, yeah. Yeah, which takes away a respect for, you know, the, the, the new kingdom that you're in. Visibility was near perfect. The seabed was composed of sparkling sand banked by shrubberies, of long and colorful sea plants between which grew masses of sponges. Here and there, large pinaclams with open shells appeared to smile at us. And all around, just keeping at a safe distance, swam inquisitive and friendly fish. You know, you, uh, you have a couple dives, like you do a little quickie resort course. You have a couple of dives like that. Man, you're, you're on top of the world. Yeah. Yeah, well, you without, gotta feel pretty with, good about yourself. Without any idea of how much danger truly <laughs> l 
lies before you, right? Well, you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> exactly. Mm. Moving into deeper water, staying longer, getting more efficient isn't isn't even a concern in those first early days of learning and, and to have a way to even know how valuable that stuff's going to be later on. Now, old A.G. Clark says that they got back on the boat, sat in the glorious sunshine eating the meat out of the pinnaclams, washed it down with lots of brandy, <laughs> <laughs> like they did back in the days. Brits, the French, the Europeans know something, you know, we're... They're like the refined drinkers, and we're just these drunk hobos over here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I think we're going to have to make pin of clams and brandy <laughs> at the end of, a, end of the day of diving, uh, uh, a standard part of Great Dive Podcast yes. dive trips. All too soon, it was time to start for home, he says. But believe it or not, on the way back, we took it... Um, but believe it or not, on the way back... We took it in turns to slide dive, aquaplaning beneath the surface as the motorboat towed the sea sled along. Slide diving is indeed a very exciting sport, supplying all the pleasures of diving without entailing any physical effort. But it is certainly not the thing to do when equipped with a lung for the first or even the second time. Obviously because he knows uh, it's very easy to hold your breath while slide diving. Mm-hmm. And as if you're going up. And holding your breath, yeah. Not very good. Yeah. As, and then what we would later now know that like even, you know, slide diving after having a bunch of residual nitrogen in your body, depending on what you were doing scuba diving beforehand, mm-hmm. can cause some problems. Yeah. I think even the bigger issue of it or the main issue is... You're traveling at a high rate of speed usually, you know, high, faster than you can swim, and all you have to do is angle that board to go up and down. A slight misjudgment on the angle, and zoom, you're flying out of the water. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And uh, same thing with uh, this is why, you know, bounce dives yeah. after, a, after a big dive is not recommended, like doing big free dives after, right. after diving isn't recommended. Because of the potential for an undeserved hit. Right. Is it undeserved, so, though? Is it undeserved? Be, it, or it would be similar, <laughs> yeah. to, similar to like a pulmonary shunt in a way. Uh, yes. Yeah, right? that's a good way to put it, for sure. The, um, you've got more nitrogen in your body than you think. Inert nitrogen dissolved gas that when you go back down to depth, it's compressed again and it needs to come out. And... Uh, yeah, your lungs are your filter for that. And if you come up too fast, yikes. And when you're free yeah, diving you're... or this plane diving or whatever whatever this thing's called again, uh, uh, what did he call it? Slide, uh, slide, slide diving. diving. Slide diving, yes. Thank you. Slide diving, mate. Oy. It's um. It's a little bit of the old slidey slide <laughs> dive, mate. Slidey slide, eh? <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's not like those Australians. They do the, why did the slithery slow dive in my day? <laughs> it's a slide, eh? But yeah, like uh, we, know, we know today that, you know, having that residual nitrogen in you and then shooting back down to depth, compressing it, mm-hmm. let that slip through that filter of the lung. Right, exactly. To the arterial side and then shoot back up. It's, it's basically like manufacturing yourself a PFO. 
Yeah, to a certain degree, for sure. It's just allowing the bubble to go pass into the, again, like you say, pass into the arterial side and, and expand. And then, like free diving, you're going to come up probably much faster than 30 feet per minute, you know, so. He says, we arrived back in Palma in the late afternoon, tired and very sunburnt, but highly delighted with our trip. Indeed, I must admit there have been few experiences in my life that I have enjoyed more. But now that I know a little more about diving, my hair stands on end when I think back to that memorable day when we dived for the Pinnaclams. We had broken practically every safety rule in the book, and the fact that we returned safe and sound was not due to our own credit, but entirely by the goodness of a merciful providence. In short, we had been extremely lucky. Yes, diving is very forgiving, fortunately. Very fortunate. Yes. Well, I mean... It, it Maybe not fortunately, because right. if it was less forgiving, like you wouldn't be able to do this still today. What is this? Uh, 50 years later. 60 years later. Almost. Yeah. 50, 60. Yeah. For sure. For sure, man. Right. Still being able to do the exact same myriad of mistakes on my very first learning experience. Right, that's that whole thing that that we hold so dearly, you know, in in my training system is that law of primacy of learn it right the first time from the beginning because that's what you're going to hold on to the most. Mm-hmm. Not break every single possible rule for what you're going <laughs> to need to do later on in your diving yeah. life and then try to correct that all the way along the way right well you bring up a good point in things that we've talked about before that normalization of deviance so so you go and do something stupid like he even recognizes we we lived we shouldn't have probably but now to many people that's the new normal it's like okay well we i've you know i've done this before i'll this is i can and i see i can live so this is what I'm going to do all the time, probably. I don't have a problem with yeah, it. Yeah, we did it with the old Spaniard. What's the problem? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it works until it doesn't. And that's the weird thing about diving, I guess, or that's the unusual thing is you can make the same mistake a hundred times, nothing will happen. And then that hundred and first time, you're dead for it. Yeah, you, you know, know I, I, I tell that to people all the time is, you know, 999 mm-hmm. times out of a thousand it'll never be the you know it'll never be a problem Fatal, the problem yeah. is you you just don't know when that thousandth dive occurs right Does it happen five out of number five out of the 1000 right. or 998th time out of a thousand you don't know that exactly and then i think brando the other side of that coin too that's interesting is you can do everything right yeah and follow your dive computer perfectly to the t and and have a hit that comes out of nowhere yeah there are truly undeserved hits like i say you've done it all right and when you when you mentioned it earlier and i kind of chuckled they're not really undeserved hits they they screwed up they did a lot of things that we know are are poor to do and they know that are you know yeah so that that's what i mean and you're right right. that's the poor but i mean yeah there's stories of people that are doing everything right Right. that Mm -hmm. that but their body just mm-hmm. it's 
we still don't know everything. We're, Thank we're you. still guessing. Yeah. We're still guessing no, we're in 2022. Educated so guessing, think, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to think that you can just plug in you know, the right computer with the right gradient factor, and that's all you got to do. Well, there. That's, that is going, that is still catching up with people out there. Right. It's, it's not that's, 100% science. I think that's our thing about all that, you know, gradient factor and all this shit is it's a false sense of security, brothers and sisters. It's, it's a false sense of security. It's, at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot with the human body that's, person to person not it can't be generalized right correct in many ways it is no different than the very first dive computers that came out yeah there's still a guess back then this is just it's a much better guess than it was back then but it's still you got to understand it's still a guess yeah it's all theoretical it's theoretical so it's decompression theory not law ag clark says As I have already stressed, if you wish to take up diving, make your first task the joining of some training program. On your first visit, you will no doubt find that quite a number of practical and very sensible tests have first to be passed before you are even allowed to put on a lung and step into the deep end of the water. The tests that have to be passed in order to become a diver are not difficult for the young man or woman who is a reasonably good swimmer. But for the over 40 who is not as fit as might be, they could prove a hurdle. Now, for years, you know, the the agencies have also tried to ease up on that. But he's telling us right here, he says, that is just as it should be, however. Diving helps keep you fit. But you must be fit to dive. The answer, therefore, is quite simple. Set about getting yourself fit. Pass the tests. Then, with every confidence in the world, you will be able to dive into that tranquil realm of the fishes and enjoy the dual benefits of physical exercise and mental relaxation. So he's telling us right there that, you know, these tests are put in place for a reason. You know, the swim test... Is a swim (laughs) test to know that you have some level of watermanship and comfort in the water. It's not to prove that you're an Olympic athlete. It's to prove that when you do need to rely on your own cardiovascular capabilities and manage CO2 and fight a current and a surge and waves, you know, you have the, the physical health that you can do something like that. That you're comfortable in the water. You're comfortable with getting water all over your face, getting water in your eyes, getting water up your nose, coughing a little bit because you got splashed in the face unexpectedly and being able to manage it and maintain it. You know, not float back and forth down the pool in a in a protective bubble, you know, for <laughs> a couple hundred meters to, uh-huh. to, to skirt by the requirements of a swim test. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's what <laughs> another one of the uh, the industry changes that I've I just look at and go, really, there. It's so blatant and patently obvious the reasoning for making what was already a pretty easy little swim test even easier, even more ridiculously useless. Like th- this doesn't tell me anything as an instructor. I can't really evaluate this person's ability to to self-rescue or 
or rescue someone else or just be comfortable in the water. It's really difficult when, yeah, you just go over there and, and float. You just got to float. In the Correct. Water. Mm-hmm. The requirement, which at one time was for this very thing of to make sure that you are fit to handle not diving at its easiest. Exactly. Right. It's, it's showing you and it's showing the instructor that you can, you know, let them go out into the real world and be able to self-rescue or help out a dive buddy. Yeah. Have that physical strength and that mental strength to take a little water in the up the nose, in the eyes, you know, unexpected little choke here and there and not turn it into a rushing a panic to the surface. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's an important part. But if that was mandated as a full requirement to even put on a lung, <laughs> the numbers would plummet. They would plummet. So that's sales would plummet. Gross profits would plummet. Number of deaths would plummet. But that's oh, seems whoa, to be whoa, besides whoa. the point. <laughs> that's besides the point. That's a happy the, the little overall, side effect that the, we don't look the at. The overall health of the reefs and shipwrecks would would, <laughs> would, would be increase, in better condition. Yeah. Ah. Uh, the damage would plummet. Yes. You're exactly right, man. This is why we get silenced. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, I mean, it is what it is. The truth is the truth there. It's, this is the way it is. And anybody who's been in the industry for... Even a decade would would have seen the changes, you know. And anybody who's been in it for thirty years, forty years, would would look at the changes and go, "Oh my God, what the hell? What the hell have we done?" <laughs> well, yeah, because we went from a point where at a, at a time there was a requirement for a minimum level of fitness. Right. That was there to keep everybody safe. And if you didn't have the required level of fitness, you were told you need to get a little bit fitter before you take on scuba diving. And then it turned into, well, how can we change the requirements so people don't have to be as fit and yeah. still can get into scuba diving? And let's let's allow so they can learn quicker. They don't need to invest any time, really. Um, right, I, because it moved to hedging the bet on the dives always being tranquil yeah. and easy and perfect wow. and we 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 went for so many years of ignoring the fact that bad shit can happen underwater and that's yeah. why those requirements are in there is so that you know that you can handle the bad shit when it happens well i'm going to play devil's advocate here because the the other side of the argument say i were in a little corporate office or a big corporate office corner window whatever uh and i'm just looking at my i'm looking at the numbers Profits are up. Oh, and guess what? Risk is decreased now. As a matter of fact, you know, reported accidents are the lowest they've ever been. They're, the incidents are super low. Scuba diving is one of the safest activities you can engage in. I mean, bowling is more dangerous than scuba diving. Did you know you're more likely to get eaten by a cow than you are by a shark? <laughs> it's statistically been proven. But even dive accidents, you, they look at dive accidents, and the reported dive accidents are, I mean, are negligible as far as as far as statistics. You know. If, oh wait, because you mean that there's a million people diving today, and there was only one fatality, one reported incident. Yes. 
Oh, oh, are you saying that there's something under the swept under the carpet oh, there? Oh, well, that's what I'm hinting at is there's so many near lift, misses. Lift the rug? Yeah. There's so many near misses and the bigger picture is, you know, with all of this the the near misses, there's an uncomfortableness of being underwater because people don't have the confidence. And so they get into diving and then they leave. You know, and that's ultimately what I'm going at is the industry is shooting themselves in the foot, you know, yeah, you can boast these statistical numbers, but A, you're not getting all the reported near-death situations or close calls, if you want to call them that. You don't get all those, and you don't get the the people's uncomfortableness, and we see that. We see that when we go diving with divers that have, you know, been certified through the mainstream bullshit, and, uh, they're uncomfortable and they want to get out, but then they, they find you, they find this new uh, way of doing, of uh, approaching diving that preaches comfort and confidence and ability and art and skill and, and uh, awareness, which is not preached in your regular mainstream class. No, it's, we got to get through this as quickly as possible before we lose your attention. Right. And we need your money, by the way. You need, need you're gonna need some gear. You're gonna need you're gonna need to snorkel. Everybody that you know, that's <laughs> that's the key indicator right there to me that it's a fucking scam is everybody needs a snorkel. And I do agree, you should learn to skin dive, to snorkel. But once you have that under your belt, you don't need to bring that fucking snorkel with you. And you shouldn't be required to have it on you. Scuba dive. On your head, on underwater. Your, well, even in your in the, pot, I'm like, yeah. If in I, the current, yeah. slapping you against the face. Thank yes, you. Yes, I agree with you. Yes. And even, I mean, even uh, Mr. Clark here, right, he just said, right, but now that I know a little more about diving, my hair stands on end when I think back, you know, to that day and all that, all, all the stupid shit that we were doing early on because we didn't yeah. know what we didn't know. How many people have, have you heard this from? that have done, gone and done like a resort course or a little quickie class or even a regular mainstream class. And then they talk to you. And I mean, I remember when I was teaching pretty actively and they'd come to me and they had done the resort class or they'd done a, they had done another class at another place and, and they didn't feel comfortable. They still weren't comfortable. So they were, you know, am I in front of me? And I'm, I, this is where I formed my, you know, uh, loud obnoxious opinion <laughs> of the mainstream industry is like what the fuck is going on out there people are not having right. fun well when you have people that are already with advanced certifications that still are not truly confident and comfortable <laughs> advanced it says a lot right when people yeah. come into a dive master program struggling with the mask removal and replacement still right yeah, it, it should tell you something. I mean, and that's not stuff that I'm making up. It's stuff that I've seen exactly many times, not once. Exactly, but many times. Just go to a quarry, man. Just go to a training location where they train people. Lots of divers. You just look around. It's a, uh, it's a mess. It's still a mess. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it's a mess. You see occasional glimmers of hope out there. And I think what you and I, on any given day would come back to the, the very description, you know, of what he says early on in this article where he's talking about how beautiful it is and watching your bubbles go to the surface, like mm -hmm. bubbles, like spheres of silver and 
the birds becoming fish and you know trees <laughs> becoming you know sea coral like, yeah yeah like that stuff is all amazing that stuff is all beautiful and that's stuff that you know you and i have wanted to share with people for years yeah it's it's just what we keep running into is you've got somebody that has every credential on <laughs> on every card that they have but they don't have the ability and they definitely are lacking in the confidence in themselves and what it is that they're doing. They're just flying through the motions yeah. of, of what they've been run through in that rat race mill of, of a program that's focused on dollars, not confidence in the water. Oh, yeah. And it's um... because the, it's, a, it's a time money conundrum. That's never going to get fixed with uh, a weekend class ideology. Well, with that, yeah, with our current mainstream philosophy or viewpoint, you're exactly right. It's it's not going to be fixed by making it quicker and easier. That that's impossible. It's impossible to be good at something quick and easy. I don't care. You can you can do things to make the learning a little more. Uh, you know, easier. You you are able to learn easier, but the practice and the learning of the correct methods take time. That it takes time and work. Anything of value takes time and work. I mean, this is this is just the way of hu- humanity and existence. Nothing easy is valuable or good. And, right, and, and if you're if you're focused on the 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 passion of the goal instead of the passion of the learning process to get to the goal at some point you're going to it's going to you're, you're going to dabble your way out right you're going to you're going to fall away from it because you're going to hit struggles yeah. and you're not going to find the enjoyment in the struggle because all you're focused on is is that goal at the end of uh, yeah exactly this is this is a, a great comparison is the difference between a one night stand and a love affair, a beautiful love affair, a marriage made in heaven. The marriage made in heaven takes fucking work, man. It takes work and sacrifice and constant uh, fixing of your errors and mistakes and self-reflection and growth in of each person. One night stands, that's no problem, man. It's quick, it's easy, it's and it seems like it's a lot of fun, but it's ugly when you look at it. When you look look Whoa, at wait, it. Didn't you have uh didn't you have longer <laughs> eyelashes last night? Exactly. <laughs> when you wake up the next morning, like, what the fuck? Um <laughs> anyway, do, do you kinda kinda do you ever have a one night standard like that was the most that was exquisite? <laughs> you know? Maybe it was for a, a moment instantaneously, but but to look back on it, it's like, oh, that was kind of ugly. That was a little ugly. That was a little, you know, that does, that doesn't do justice to the to the value of a beautiful relationship between two people. I, you know, it's. I'm sure a lot of people were wondering a moment ago what <laughs> in the hell is he talking about. But I think you captured. I think that ca- actually captures it beautifully. Well, it's, it's uh, so it's yeah. it's spot on. I, I totally read what you're saying. Yes, one takes work, one doesn't. They, they both have some. There's some enjoyment, you know, in that 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 little moment of or. Uh, whatever you want to call them, a moment of beauty, if you will. There's, there's some enjoyment, but, but one is much more rewarding, and one is kind of blah, 
meh. You need yeah. well, you need another fix pretty soon. Well, you need another fix, and you can't. And you, you'll constantly be going through the one night stands until you change something and say, "I'm doing. I need to put some work into this. I need to put some work in." To relationship with a person, I need to practice. I need to learn from my errors and self reflect and and be open and uh, you know put your ego aside. All that all that stuff about growth and and mastery and learning and art. Um, that's the difference. That is the difference. One takes work. One not so much. One takes a, a few fi- few drinks. <laughs> Ask yeah, Bill Cosby. A, one, According to Bill Cosby, few, it just takes a roofie. One takes a few drinks in uh, Mallorca, and a guy walking by with a with a slide diver. And he, ah, let's go do that. You like to dive, senor. A final word of advice to the not so young: When you have passed the tests and had a satisfactory medical checkup from your doctor, remember you are diving for pleasure. And not to break records. Leave that to the young ones. Remember, too, he says, that although you can swim a considerable distance underwater with very little effort, on the surface, it can prove quite hard work. Handicapped as you will be with a full load of your equipment and weight belt. Thus, when diving, keep an eye on your air gauge. Arrange that you are reasonably near your start point or a spot where you can get ashore without difficulty when you surface. Now, today, we would call that proper gas management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. But, but it's a matter of like knowing that. Not, I never heard my computer go beep, beep, beep <laughs> at me, and I you know, got too low on air and had to shoot to the surface, you know, out in the middle of, you know, absolute goddamn nowhere proper gas management takes a little thought time and and practice versus come up with 500 and when the question all that all the coverage in a regular class is a question on the on one of the modules and on the final exam how much should you be back on the boat with a thousand, two hundred, five hundred, uh, all of the above, whatever. What you're saying, I get, I, I hear you, I hear you. What you're saying is, being on the boat with five hundred psi is the one night stand of gas management. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> where, where real gas management is like a long, happy yes. marriage, a long relationship. How much I, gas I read you loud and do clear. I need to get home with my partner at my furthest? Yeah, that's more of the love affair or the beautiful love affair. Yes. Versus a one-night stander. And he finally says, last but by no means least, always wear an inflatable life jacket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, keep in mind, this is 1964. Right, so what he's right. saying is establish positive buoyancy when you have to surface so you're not working your ass off. Oh, yeah. To, to keep your head up. There's a good assignment for our listeners. And, and, uh, and what it also means is be properly weighted mm-hmm. so that you're not struggling to stay afloat. Because keep in mind, you know, back in these days, you know, they yeah. weren't really wearing BCDs. You know, a, a, mm-hmm. a BCD mm-hmm. to keep them afloat at the surface. That's why you had to be in shape is because it took work mm-hmm. to be a diver. There was a little thought put into proper weighting, too. You didn't just arbitrarily throw on 26 pounds or whatever the hell and chuck them in the water and go, okay, now I won't have to worry about 
getting these people down. <laughs> you know, we can yeah. immediately go yeah, down, kneel, and do our mass clears and regulator recoveries and go for a little dive. Yeah, word to the wise to the people out there. If you were weighted in your class <laughs> by somebody just continually putting lead in your BCD <laughs> until you sank, despite how hard your ass was kicking at the surface to keep your head up, you are not properly weighted. Yes, you may, you may have been taken to the cleaners. Uh, but, I mean, in the evidence, if you, if you ever want to just see what we're talking about, just go to a, a training location where they train lots of divers and watch them on the surface when they're talking. I like, you know, like the little groups. There's 10, 10 students and a dive master and an instructor there, and they're all on the surface. And take a look underneath and watch the feet going, the bicycling. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're kicking yeah. their feet. Their BCs are fully inflated, kicking their feet yeah. constantly to keep their heads up. And then when it's time to make the descent, they're like, I don't have enough weight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you nailed it right there because that is the, the perfect picture. And these are people like in the pool, you, you, you think you'd learn this. But they're hanging onto the sides. You see it all the time. I mean, that's the thing. You just see it all the times. Students hanging onto the sides while they're talking to the instructor. Instead of learning, like you say, establish positive buoyancy immediately when you break surface. Well, hey there, people. That was a lovely little dive to start the new year. little look back in time, but uh, uh, a lot of stuff that old A.G. Clark learned along his way of uh, diving. I think it's... 100% relatable to people today. Yeah, things haven't really changed. I mean, they've changed, this, this is but they haven't changed. Yeah, they've changed a lot, but they haven't changed truly. Right. Actually, we've adopted everything that he said not to do, really. We've adopted it more, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do sound like an old well, man out on the lawn, you know, in his sandals. And this world is crap, boy. <laughs> well, here, Brandon, look at I. Uh, it's 2022. I just got, look at this, brand new logbook I got. Oh, boy. That's sweet. A 2020. Uh, so let's gonna put this one. <laughs> put this one down on page one of my new logbook. Um, here, could you sign this for me? Uh, sure. Might. Um how about we do a little, uh, what is that called again? What are they calling it over there? I don't know why I can't, I can't keep this word in my mind. I keep slide dive. Slide diving, aye? How about a wee little slide diving, mate? Oi. Cheerio. Cheerio. I'll do a little slide dive in there. Chap. A spot of tea with me slide diving while I listen to me Beatles. Okay. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. We've just Thanks lost. Again. We've just lost ten percent of our British listeners, at least. Sorry. Beg your pardon, there, mates. Anyway, safe diving, folks. Blue, blue, blue.